I want to read that passage that Karen had this morning. I'd like to read it again. Psalm 3, and I'm reading it from the New American Standard. O Lord, how my adversaries have increased. Many are rising up against me. Many are saying of my soul, there is no deliverance for him in God. Have you ever had somebody that says, even God can't help you? Have you ever had somebody that says, even God can't help you? Well, just take them to Psalm 3. But you, O Lord, are a shield about me, my glory, and the one who lifts my head. But you, O Lord, I was crying to the Lord with my voice, and he answered me from his holy mountain. I lay down and slept, and I woke I awoke, for the Lord sustains me. I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people who have set themselves against me round about. Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God, for you have smitten all my enemies on the cheek. You have shattered the teeth of the wicked. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Your blessings be upon your people. Amen. Amen. Last week, I made a statement, and I got in trouble. It went viral. <laughs> I said something to the effect about headaches and marriage and all of a sudden. <laughs> Be careful, Adrian. <laughs> I'm pointing at you. <laughs> so this week... I told Winona I will be very careful not to say that I got, never had headaches till I got married. Ah. If I asked you the question to complete this phrase, I want you to think about how you would answer it. How would you complete this phrase, the Lord is my, and how would you complete it? And we spent a number of weeks looking at phrases. In Psalm 27, we looked at and we saw that the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I, be, whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? In Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I mean, that alone is a powerful statement. If you're lacking in life, check who your shepherd is. If you're lacking in life, check who your shepherd is. Because the Word of God says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. We looked at Psalm 46, where it says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. And then he says, therefore, I will not be afraid. The Lord is my. I want to take another few minutes today. I want to look at another chapter in the Psalms. But I want you to think about right now, if, if somebody was to say to you, who is the Lord to you? If you were to finish that phrase, the Lord is my, 
what would you use? And it might be different things. Winona, a few years ago, did a study and, and taught the ladies on the names of God. And you find out through the Scriptures that there's lots of names of God. And quite often those names of God were names that were relevant at that moment. And they gave a glimpse of God. Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Nissi, Jehovah Jireh. Just a couple. And there's those verses that explain what happened in those instances give a picture of God to that individual or to that time in space or that moment. And the psalmist has the same thing. And, and instead of always saying the names of God, he describes what God is to him. And I find it interesting that if you want to know what God is to you, quite often you have to go through something to find out. Quite often you have to go through something in order to experience what God is. And that's the process that can be painful. That's the process, the time, the element, that's the situation that can be excruciating, going through that process. But when you're going through that process, you can rely and trust in God. And I, the verses I want to share with you this morning, I want to give you a, a picture of God. I want to increase your vision of what God is or who the Lord is. Uh, Karen this morning had the song, Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. I want to see you. So this morning, I want to take a few minutes and I want to give us another picture of who God is. And, and um, I want to give you strength. I want to give you some faith. I want to give you some courage this morning. And then we're going to do something funny at the end. Something funny. Something fun. At the end, we're going to actually exercise what that means. And we're going to take a few minutes at the end of the service, and we're going to just praise God. We're going to take a few minutes, and we're just going to praise God for who He is. Amen? So if you could turn in your Bibles to Psalm 18. I want to read, I'm not going to read all 51 verses or 50 verses to you, but this, this is an amazing passage. I read it a number of times this last week. For the last couple of weeks, I've read it. I'm going to read the first three verses, and then I'll, I'll skip through a few more. In verse 1, it says, I love you, O Lord, my strength. And then David and this, this psalm, by the way, is also written in 2 Samuel chapter 22. It's almost word for word the same psalm. So the scribe that wrote it there was also put it and included it in the psalms. And David starts by saying, I love you, O Lord, my strength. And then get a load of this. And I want you to count with me how many words that David, David describes or ascribes to God. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, 
my rock in whom I take refuge. In another version it says, in him will I trust. My shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. There's eight words or phrases that David uses in describing God. Eight words. How do you describe God? How do you describe God? Verse 3 says, I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, and I am saved from my enemies. And that's the phrase that I'd like to key on today. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, so shall I be saved from my enemies. I want to talk about praise. When I see these verses here, if, if I was to title the sermon, my son Justin asked me what's the title of my sermon. I didn't have it. I would say today my title is The Lord is My Praise. The Lord is my praise. And I want to take a few minutes from this passage. I want to talk about what praise is. Praise, if you look up the definition, you find out that praise means to be clear. Praise means to be clear. In one version it says, with no color. In other words, not, not to get it messy or to get it mixed up. Praise is clear. Have you ever heard somebody praise somebody else? Have you ever heard a child praise their mom or dad? I've heard Kieran praise his mom and dad. And when he goes about praising his mom and dads, he is very clear. Like, Dad, you're the best. When my children would praise me, they wouldn't come to me and say, Dad, I think you're all right. You're kind of good. You're like, you know, fair to Midland. You're, ah, you've got good days, Dad, and you've got bad days. No, when my children would come to me, especially when they wanted something, they would come to me and say, Dad, you are awesome. They were clear. When they came to me, they would say, Dad, you are the best dad in the whole wide world. Like, I mean, they just, they were clear. That's what praise is. Praise is something that is clear. It's not, Dad, you know, in all of Abbotsford, I'd rate you maybe in the top 100. You know, we won't go to the province, Dad. We'll just stick with Abbotsford. That's not very clear. But when they say, Dad, you're the bestest dad in the whole wide world, there's some clarity there. That's part of what praise means. When we praise God, what we are doing is we are very clear in our description of who He is. God, You are the best in the whole wide world. There is no other gods above You. There is nothing that compares to You. What You are doing is You are being clear in Your description. 
Praise means to shine. Praise means to shine. Have you ever seen somebody who's got a beautiful vehicle and they shine it? And after they finish shining it, they look at it again and then you see them going, and they get their cloth out. And, I mean, they're shining it. It is so sparkling. And if there's a little, little bug on it or if there's anything on it, they go about and they go cleaning it. They clean it, clean. They shine it. They want it to be sparkling. Praise is about shining God. It's about making Him shine. It's about making Him make be the most radiant, the most beautiful. That's what praise is. Praise is to make a show. Have you ever had somebody make a show about you? And they, they talk about you and they talk about you. In, in, in today's world, we call it a roast and a toast. And they make somebody up, a celebrity, and then they, they try to... And, and it's, it's making a show about them. When we praise God, what we do is we make a show about Him. You know what? There's no one greater than my God. There is no one stronger than my God. There's no one wiser than my God. There is no one who is better than my God. There's no one higher than my God. My God is the King of kings and He's the Lord of lords. He is the one that took His life that was perfect and He exchanged it for mine. I could do nothing. He did everything. That's what praise is. And what happens is you start to show, you start to make a show of God. You know, my God, my dad is stronger than your dad. Ever heard that phrase? On the playgrounds and all across Canada. Oh yeah? My dad's stronger than your dad. Well, I'm here to tell you, my heavenly father is stronger than any other in this whole wide world. Not just in this earth, but beneath and above, he rules supreme. Start talking about your God like that. Start making a show of your God. Start talking about God like that. That's what praise is. I was telling Winona, we, I think we've confused praise with the word complain. And we, we will sometimes complain. Instead, we should come praise. Instead of complain, come praise. That was a good one. I thought it was clever. It took me a lot of time. Another word, another way to talk about praising someone is to be foolish. Is to be so about them that you're gushing and you're actually making a fool of yourself about someone else. That's what praise is. Have you ever seen commercials on TV where they talk about something and they just start praising it and praising it? And it's like, Get real. It's not like that. I mean, they're, they're talking about something like it's the greatest invention ever. I mean, they're being foolish, but what they're doing is they are praising that product. David 
in the Bible, when the Ark of the Covenant was coming back to, to its resting place, it said that he danced and he only had a loincloth. I mean, basically, he was being a fool in front of all his subjects. Why? Because he was praising God. And there's an aspect about praise that makes you or me look silly. And you know what? I don't care if I look silly or foolish when I'm praising my God. And if that means that one day I'll start dancing and I'll look weird, you know what? I'm dancing for my God and I'm praising Him. If that means that God wants me to do something and He speaks to me and says, David, do this. You know, I've had some funny things that He's done to me. I remember sitting here one Sunday and I wasn't feeling well. I had a sore hip. And about a month earlier, I was sitting over here and God said to me, David, are you prepared to sit up and down seven times in order to feel better? And I said, no. And he said, okay. And I felt bad. The pain in my hip stayed with me. I mean, it was an excruciating pain. About a month and a half later or so, I was sitting, I believe I was sitting here, and God said to me, David, are you prepared now to stand up and down seven times in order to feel better? And I thought, well, that's weird. So I did it during worship. And the first couple times, I sat down and I'd take up my Bible and look, and then I'd stand up again. And then I'd sit down and I'd, you know, it's like I'm not going up and down seven times. I have to make this look like I'm doing something. I mean, I was looking foolish. You know what? I got up seven times. The pain left. <laughs> That's a true story. Sometimes God will have you do something, and I was praising Him. I mean, when I felt better, <laughs> I danced. I was happy. Because that pain in my hip, or as I would refer to it occasionally, when my pain in my butt was gone. When God heals you and touches you, you know what? You might do something ridiculous because you are so thankful for what He has done. Are you prepared to praise God in a foolish manner? I mean, we are so dignified. We are so dignified. I mean, I check my hair before I come out Sunday morning. My wife says, thank you. But we are so dignified. Can you imagine praising God and just being foolish in how we praise Him? And you say, well, no. I mean, literally, praise Him to the extent of being foolish. David, he did it. There's a word I wanted to just tell you. Praise also means to stultify. I thought Pastor Nelson would like that word. Stultify. Stultify means to cause someone to appear to be foolish or embarrassed. 
I will stultify in front of my Savior. I will look foolish and embarrassing in front of my Savior because He is worthy of all. Praise. When you praise God, let me ask you, do you think you can over-exaggerate the goodness of God? Do you think you can actually over-exaggerate how, God, how good God is? Do you actually think you can get to an end of saying how good He is? Do you actually think that you can come to a point where you say, ah, oh, I've now reached the limits of how, God, how good God is. I can now stop praising Him. You can never over-exaggerate God. You can never, ever, ever exaggerate or over-exaggerate how God, how good God is. This is challenging me in how I walk my life. Because I want to exaggerate my God. I want to try to over-exaggerate how good God is. He's given me health. He's given me strength. He is so abundantly powerful. And in this passage here, David can't even get close to over-exaggerating and he gives them eight different ways or different words to describe how good God is. The Lord is my... And he gives eight words. You know what? I sometimes struggle to give one. David had eight I want to challenge you today in your level of praise. What is your level of praise? Do you actually praise God? Do I actually praise God? You can never exaggerate or over-exaggerate God. I want to give you a number of things comparing praise to complaining. Praising accomplishes, because what I find, if I'm not praising God, I'm usually complaining. Have you ever experienced that? If I'm not praising God for what He's done, I'm usually complaining to Him about what He hasn't done, which is, I'm wrong about anyways. But if I'm not praising God, I'm usually turned it around and I'm complaining. So I've got some thoughts here. Praise opens doors. Do you know when a child praises their parent? the doors open? When a child comes to you and says, you're the best, you know what? They've got your attention even when you know what they're up to. <laughs> even when you know what they're doing, they still have your attention. Well, I know what he's doing, but I'm a sucker for being praised. It opens doors. When my children come to me and they are praising me, it opens the door that I have for them. When they come to me complaining, you know what it does? It shuts the door. When your child comes to you and complains, there's no good food in this house, you know what? You're not about to say, oh, yes, well, why don't we? Do? No, you say, well, then go make some. Get a job and make some yourself. Where were you at 6 o'clock in the morning when I was up sweating, getting ready to work? 
How many phone You know, we don't, when they say, Dad, the food in this house, Mom, you made such an awesome meal. You know what? You might even get a dessert out of it. Praise opens doors. If you want to experience God in a greater dimension, praise Him more. If you want to experience Him in ways that you've never experienced Him before, stand in front of your dad and tell him how good he is and see how his arms open up. Praise builds up. Complaining tears down. Complaining tears down. Praise is thankful. You cannot praise God without being thankful. Praise God, it's a hot day. Praise God. That's not praising God. That's camouflage. Praise is thankful. I am so thankful for you, God. Thank you, God. You are so good to me. Lord, you let me experience the breath. You let me experience smells. You let me experience nature. You let me experience walking with strength and without pain. Lord, you let me experience. And you start thanking Him for those things. Thank Him for the things that are so simple but other people don't have. We were up at Whistler a few weeks ago or a month ago and we went on a hike, an impromptu hike up into the mountain and it was freezing up there. I mean, literally freezing up there. And Pastor Daniel and myself were kind of dressed with the proper shoes, but we tricked our wives somehow into coming, and they didn't have the proper shoes or the proper attire. We told them we were going to go for coffee, and they were like, we're there. And then we changed it halfway through. Um, Yeah, they did get the coffee, and boy, did it cost us. But um, anyways, we got up to the top, and as we're walking, I mean, it was exhausting. And Pastor Brenda was struggling a little bit with her um, asthma at that point because of the elevation. And the, I mean, you'd walk. I, I ran for about 30 yards and I was exhausted just because of the elevation. Not because I was out of shape, but because of the elevation. That's my line and I'm sticking with it. But as we walked, we started to thank God for bones that were strong. We started to thank God for the creation that we got to enjoy. We stood on top of the mountain. We made it all the way to the top, and we were standing on the top looking at all these other peaks. And it was like a 360-degree vista. All the tops of the mountains, absolutely beautiful. And we started to thank God. And the whole time we were walking up there, we go, oh, I'm exhausted. Just give me a minute. Thank you, Lord, that I can enjoy this. Thank you, God. That, and you know what we did? We started to praise Him even in our pain. We started to praise Him even in the struggle. And you're either going to praise or you're going to complain. <laughs> in that situation, either you're going to praise or you're going to complain. It's not going to be neutral. And I tell you, it made for a lot more enjoyable walk when we were praising God and thanking Him than if we were to complain. Praise opens doors. Praise builds up. Praise is thankful. Praise is grateful. 
Praise is extroverted. Praise is extroverted. What it means is it's not about me. Extrovert means it's outgoing. Praise is outgoing. I'm praising God. When I complain, you know what I'm usually doing? I'm usually introverted. I find when I start complaining, it's all about me. When I start praising, it's all about someone else. It takes your focus and it changes it. When we praise God, what happens is it takes the focus off of me and it starts to put the focus on Him. When you praise God, what you're doing is you're not looking at your situation. You're looking at the King who made the situation and you're thanking Him. The Lord is my praise. I thank Him for what He's done. Praise turns from me and it points to Him. Complaining points back to me. It's all about me. I don't know about you, but when I complain, it's about me. Oh, oh. I complain about traffic. Why? Because it bothers me. I complain about the heat. Why? Because it bothers me. I complain about the animals. Why? Because it bothers me. I complain why? Because it bothers me. But when I praise, it's about Him. When I praise, it's about Him. When I'm praising, it's about Him. Praise gives away. Complaining eliminates away. Praising makes possible. uh, Complaining makes impossible. When I used to work, I'd go to work and the guys would complain or we would complain about something, whether we didn't have enough time or something. And we'd use the phrase, well, complaining never figures any, never settles anything. Complaining never gets anything done. In fact, after a while, we stopped listening to the guys at the shop that were complaining. Because I got tired of it. They never offered solutions. No? Coffee break was too short. The coffee was too cold. This happened. Never got here. Never got... And they never came up with a constructive solution. But they sure came up with a lot of criticism. Praise shifts our focus to God. Complaining puts our focus on us. Praise goes to the infinite. Complaining stays with the finite. When you start praising and you praise God, what you do is you go from zero to infinity just like that. You go from the finite situation to an infinite God. Whereas when you complain, you stay right where the finite is. And the finite will eventually run out. But the infinite never, 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 never runs out. Lord, you are my rock. Lord, you are my fortress. Lord, you are my deliverer. Have you ever needed to be delivered? That's who the Lord is. He makes a way when there is no way. He snatches you out of situations and places you. If you read this chapter, what you find out, David even says, he snatched me out, he took me out there, and he put me in a broad place. I mean, God puts you in places that are good for you. God, you are my God. 
You are my rock. I will trust in you. I put my trust in him. You are my shield, and you are the horn of my salvation. The horn of salvation, horn refers to power. When they had horns and they grabbed onto the horns, there was a symbolic aspect of power. God is the power of your salvation. Your salvation has nothing to do with you, but the power of your salvation has everything to do with Jesus. And your salvation and the horn of your salvation is because of what Jesus has done. Praising and complaining. If your troubles don't bring you to God, they're bringing you to the wrong place. If the trouble that you're experiencing right now, and we all face things. So when you face trouble, if it doesn't bring you to God, it's bringing you to the wrong place. If it doesn't bring you to a place of praise, reevaluate where you're going. Amen? If I'm experiencing, and, and this is something I have had to practice. This is something I am learning to do. When I have a tough situation, I bring it back and I'm learning how to bring it to God. And David here, when you read the rest of Psalm 18, you find out that his situation, he cried unto God and God heard his voice and then you see how God responded. And I believe David could share this verse and to share this passage, not because of what happened at the end, although that was amazing, but he had to hang on to something going through it. He says, I called unto God in my distress, and he answered me. And the praise happens while you're going through the situation. That's what brings you to the end. If your trouble doesn't bring you to God, it's taking you to the wrong place. So how do you praise God? How do you praise God? Make Him shine. Make Him shine. Shine the chrome around His fenders. Spit polish some of his stuff. See how good God shines once you rub him a little bit. And you get that cloth out and all of a sudden you see the radiance of that beautiful color coming through. Make him shine. How do you praise God? Boast about him. Boast about him. Do you know the houses that we live in today? I'm talking about my wife and I. Or my brother and I and his wife, they're because they're a blessing from God. For over 10 years, I asked God for property. And I had, we were a single-income family. It doesn't make sense in today's world. And I, I, had, I had some crazy expectations. I told God I wanted a piece of property on the west end of town because I worked in Surrey. So I didn't want to drive from the east side of Abbotsford. 
I told God I wanted the property close to the freeway because I like to get on the freeway, get to work, get off the freeway. I don't want to spend time fighting traffic lights. I mean, I was really, like, I told God I wanted a beautiful place. I told God some of the things I had. You know what? He gave me a property that was even better than that. I want to boast about what God did. I'm in, I'm in university. I'm in college, married for two years. Do you know what? We're building a house. You try to figure that one out. Yes, we had help. But we also have a mighty God. I drove over the hill on Old Yale Road, and I remember we were living in an apartment. I want to boast here. Can I boast for a few minutes? Because I want to boast about what God did. How do you praise God? I'm praising Him right now. We lived in an apartment. I got married and I moved out of my parents' large house into a 900 square foot apartment with someone who I love dearly, but I needed space. I'm being silly. I just had to throw that in there to get you. Don't tweet that. Don't Facebook that. I was just being silly. But I moved from seven acres, and I'd grown up in space, into a 900-square-foot apartment. And I would drive to Surrey, and every once in a while, I'd get off Clearbrook Road, and I'd drive old, over Old Yale, and there was a hill, and there was a field. And there was an old farmhouse on this field. And the first time I drove over there, I literally drove over it and I said, I'd love to live here. Okay? I want to, I'm, I'm boasting right now about God. And I want you to listen so that you guys can try this out yourself. I drove over that hill and I said, I'd love to live here. A few months later, a sign went up on that property. Development. Now, I'm not stupid. I have an element of time and, and management and, and ability in my head. And I'm looking at that going, well, I've got five more years of school or four more years of school ahead of me. Um, I'm working part-time. My wife was working in the church, not making a whole lot of money. Um, I'm in school, committed to school, and I'm driving over this hill, and I'd, I'd love to live here, but it's going to have to wait like four or five years. Well, you know a development's not going to take four or five years when there's only like 25 houses. The paved roads went in. I'd drive over there and I'd go, wow, I'd like to live here. I never, I don't even know if I told my wife at that point. I'm not even sure at what point she came into the information or if I was just being foolish. You know, like dreaming huge. I'm boasting about God right now. And if you're young and you want to get somewhere, start talking to God and start speaking and declaring things. I drove over that hill and I, I'd like to live here. I didn't have a clue what I was even saying. <laughs> Since then, I've been very careful what I say or where I want to live because God just might do it. I drove over that hill and the development started and they had paved roads. And I literally went over that hill and I said, this will never happen. I will never get in this piece of land because I'm in school and I have other priorities in my life right now. And I drive over it and I would literally, it would, it would almost be agonizing because I knew 
that my dream wouldn't happen. And then one day, I think it was on a Sunday afternoon, I think, Winona and myself got a phone call. And Pastor Nelson had seen this piece of property. And he says, hey, there's a piece of property I want you to look at. He didn't know the property I was looking at. It was the same hill. It was in that same subdivision. There's a 17 houses in the one road. And he picked one of the nicest lots and says, what do you think about this place, David? And I still was in disbelief. It's beautiful. We can't afford it. And he says, well, hey, I have an idea. <laughs> do you know it's good to hang out with people who have ideas? Six months later, we were living in a house that we built, and I was still in school. Don't tell me it can't happen, because my God is a God who does the crazy. And I'm boasting about my God. I'm not boasting about myself. I'm boasting about Pastor Nelson being sensitive. I'm boasting about those who came and helped us. There were people who helped us, but we also made some steps of faith. And all of a sudden, God did the redonkulous, and he put us in a place that nobody else would have ever thought was possible. Not when you're a kid student. And I was like 20, 21 years old. Still wet behind my ears, as my dad would say. But my God supplied and provided you want to know how to praise God? You start boasting about Him. I'm boasting because it had nothing to do with me or my wife. It has everything to do with what God did. And then He took that place and we lived there for a number of years. And then I had this crazy dream about property. And we put an offer on a piece of property that was closer to work than my house. It was just as far off the freeway. It was still within reach of the city. And it had space. And it was... Uh, Cash flow positive. Go figure that. Why would you ever sell a piece of property when it's cash flow positive? And we put an offer on it, and I put a lowball offer on it because I'm just a ridiculous thinking kind of guy, and God provided for us the place that we're at. Don't ever underestimate God. You start boasting about him. And as I'm telling you this, I am praising him for what he's done. And the children of Israel were told to rehearse the things that God had did. To tell it to their children, their children's children. Keep the legacy of what God has done in your life alive. And you do that by praising him. You do that by boasting about God. I have sat down with my mom and dad and we talk about what God has done and my mom and dad boast about God. And what it does is it just makes it like this instead of like this. How do you praise? You boast. How do you praise God? You make Him shine. How do you praise God? Be clear, not fuzzy. Be clear. God is the greatest God in all. He is above all other gods. David said, I'd rather spend a day in your house than a thousand elsewhere. Rave about him. 
rave about him. Eh, get around so that when people talk to you, it just happens to get around to how good God is. Have people around you, and when they start talking, it just like, it goes from here, and all of a sudden, it comes back to God. And you're talking about this, and all of a sudden, oh, I, I, I just can't help it. Boy, God is good. I've been on the phone with somebody talking about something real practical, and all of a sudden, they say, oh, the Holy Spirit just told me. And it's, thank you, Lord. And all of a sudden, we start raving about God. Rave about Him. Rave about Him. Rave about Him. Is He really that good? Yes. He's better than that good. He made a way for my wife and I to have a family, I have a house, when we didn't have it ourselves. I can't explain it. But it was perfect timing, and it was a location that I actually spoke about. Rave about what God does. Has God done anything good for anybody here? Does anybody want to rave for one minute? Anybody? Brenda, do you want to rave about what God has done? <laughs> does anybody want to rave about what God has done? Cora. Well, yeah, I know. I freaked her out. Cora, come here. <laughs> Take a minute and just rave about God. Um, do you know how Pastor Dave has been saying God has things in mind, he has things in plan? Well, um, I had this on weekend where I was told a quote on one thing, and I was like, that's unexpectedly high. So I went back to the people I originally went to. It was one-third the cost. Significant to my budget at that point. It's like, hallelujah. Amen. And then... I've been driving for 10 and a half years now, so I got that 10-year discount. So <laughs> that same weekend, I also saved even further. So Amen. I was like, hallelujah. Amen. God's timing was awesome. Amen. Amen. That's what it is to rave about God. That's what it means to rave about God. You can't tell me God didn't touch Korah. Have you ever been told it's going to cost something and then it comes through a third the price? Whoa, a third the price. Come on. Man, I get charged always more. But if you give it to me a third the price, I might just do a happy dance. Rave about God. How do you praise God? You recognize what He has done. It's not about you. You really didn't do a whole lot. If you read Psalm, 100, uh, Psalm 18, you find out that David did things, but he recognized what God has done. And you read that verse, and uh, that chapter, and you'll find it's, he did this, he did that, he did this, he did that, he provided, he made a way. He, and David, the whole chapter, is talking about what God has done. Recognize what he's done. Rehearse what he has done. Keep telling people what God has done. Because that will make opportunity for more things to happen. And if it's a 10-year-old story, keep praising him, and pretty soon you'll get a new, fresh story. How do you praise God? You thank him for what he's done. Has God done anything here for anybody? Amen. Has God done anything for anybody? How do you praise God? Try, just try to exaggerate what he has done. Just try to exaggerate how good he is. 
Try to exaggerate you not able to do anything and him providing a way for you. Try to exaggerate how you brought nothing to the table and he brought everything to the table, even the table. Try to exaggerate that. Try to exaggerate how you are zero and he is infinity and yet he takes you and he makes you part of that. Try to exaggerate that. That's how you praise God. So, are you ready to praise him? You got a good rave, okay. A 60-second 60, 60 rave? Okay. I was leading this team of women and a couple teenagers to Mexico. We were on our way to the airport, and one of the teenagers said, I lost my wallet, I've got no ID. That's as we're just arriving there, and then another one of the women said, I can't find my ticket. Oh, I mean, it was, it was challenging. So then we found out when we got there, we could go as a group. They kept us all outside, and we could go as a group. And the one girl that didn't have her ID, they never asked her for it. We just kind of, they asked everybody but her. And I just, <laughs> okay, now we just have the ticket to deal with. And we get into the area, and we're all checking in. And the lady, um, they said, well, this is a problem, so I'm all prepared. I said, oh, don't worry about it. I'll stay with you, and we'll catch the next flight and we just you know we prayed as a group and lord you know this is <laughs> this is an impossible situation and within a half an hour for no particular reason they decided to print a fresh ticket off for her and we all went home hallelujah amen amen we need to learn how to praise more i am convinced we don't praise enough and I'm not trying to be a downer or, or depressing. I've just found in my own life, my thoughts go to complain before they come to praise. So what I want to do, I want to take a minute. I want to just take 60 seconds. And I want all of us, I want to give you all an opportunity to praise God. I want to give you an opportunity to thank him for what he has done. If he's given you a job, if he's given you a raise, if he's given you a husband or a wife, if he's given you a health, if he's made you stronger than you were yesterday, if he's made a way that there was no way, if he's given you the ability to be refreshed when other people around you are getting exhausted, I want to give you one minute just to worship with me and praise God. Are you game? Are you for that? Okay? I want to read one psalm and then we're going to do it. I want to give you a moment to think about what God's done for you. Because when I put Pastor Brenda on the spot, she kind of looked at me with a deer cut on the headline. So I'll give, you, I'll give you a few seconds, but I want to read one more psalm. In this psalm, the word praise is the same word that David used when he says, um, God is worthy to be praised. It's the same word, praise means exaggerate, means shine, boast, rave, stultify. Praise the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him. Oh, God. 
praise him in his mighty expense. Oh, you are so good, God. I can run around wherever I am and you are there. Lord, whether I'm on a lake in a kayak or God, whether I'm in the city where the streets are paved, Lord, you are there and you are awesome. Praise him in his mighty expanse. Praise him for his mighty deeds. What has he done? Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Oh, you are so good, God. Praise him with the trumpet sound. Praise him with the harp and lyre. Praise him with the timbrel and dancing. Praise him with stringed instruments and pipes. Are you getting the picture? Praise him. Praise him. He's so good. Praise him with loud cymbals. Praise him with resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. When I look out here, that's us. That's us. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Just take a moment. 60 seconds. I praise you, O oh God. Lord, I thank you for the provision of the house that you gave me. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for the health that you've given me. Lord, I cannot over-exaggerate you. Lord, I can't get over how great you are. You are so large and let, Lord, yet you look to me and you give me everything I need. Lord, the birds of the air, you watch over them and you say, how much greater do you watch for me? Just take a minute, just praise him. Take a minute and praise him. Thank him for your health. Thank him for your strength. Thank him for your finances. Thank him for your job. Thank him for your health. Thank him for your family. Thank him for the way that he makes a way. Thank him that he is great. Thank him in the expanse of his universe. Thank him for all that he has done. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to encourage you to develop a habit of praise. Develop a habit of praise. My dad, when something would go wrong, he'd say, thank you, Lord. <laughs> I think we're saying that a lot. <laughs> Get in the habit of saying, thank you, God. Get in the habit of praising. Get in the habit of making Him large. 
Get in the habit of expanding and shining Him. Get in the habit of boasting about Him. Because when you do, it changes everything. When you do, it says, I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. Praise will make a victory when there is no other victory. Get in the habit of praise. You've got something? Six seconds? <laughs> I wanted to share back there... Um a while ago when you offered it. But adding another point to what David has shared, when we praise, it is so and so important because we pass on to the next generation. Yeah, yeah. We pass on what God is like. And if they don't hear us praise, then yep. what is it to them? Nothing. God is nothing. And so I just want to share Psalm 78. We will not hide them from their children showing the generation to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works which he hath done. For he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel which he commanded to our fathers that they should make them known to their children that the generation to come might know them even the children which should be born. who should arise and declare them to their children, that they may set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments and might not be as their fathers who are stubborn and so on and so forth. If we have a rebellious attitude and we're always saying, God this and God that, and nothing nice to say about God, and we're not in the house of the Lord to learn more about him and to teach the children their ways, then God will be nothing to them. So I think praising is just so important to pass on what we've experienced to our children and their children's children. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Develop a habit of praise. Amen. Have a great week. We will see you next Sunday.